Good evening, baseball fans. It is Friday. I almost said October. Good night. January. <laughs> it's January. It's January. Let's go to the World uh, Series already. Screw it. 19th. And this is an emergency podcast. This is an emergency podcast. I'm Susie. That's Tom. This is Bourbon and Baseball. I don't have any bourbon. I probably should have some bourbon, but I don't have any bourbon. But we're going to talk about a lot of baseball. And I'm going to give you the warning right off the right off the bat because there's going to be lots of reasons why I have to give you the warning. So this radar podcast, guys, radar podcast, uh, lots of cuss words, so many cuss words, uh, probably not that much inappropriate humor, but that's you never really know with me. I, you, I don't know, but definitely all the cuss words. So if four letter words are not your jam, probably not the podcast for you. If there's tiny ears around. Um, maybe put some earmuffs on them, but I'm again, not judging you do you, um, Tom, how are you? I am excited. This is, this is going to be fun. Emergency podcast with some late breaking news Yeah, in my best Ron Burgundy voice. Uh, I'm, I'm ready to do it. Let's do it. Okay. So in case you guys haven't heard, uh, I don't know how you wouldn't have heard unless you're live under a rock or not on social media which is fine we have been we've been begging we have been begging jim crane and the astros to make any sort of any sort of moves anything at all there weren't too many holes in the lineup there weren't too many holes on this team um we went and signed victor caratini we went and signed some no-name relief relievers um dylan coleman i'm very sorry i i called you a no-name reliever I, I i apologize the disrespect. I'm I'm so sorry. However, however, um, you know, we I have been begging for a, a juicy move. And we got it. We got it today. And there were some rumors. There were rumors swirling yesterday. And if you saw those rumors, and if you were like me, and you looked at all of the Astros history and Jim Crane's reluctance on in paying people. You would have said, ain't no way in fucking hell are they going to give Josh Hader the type of money he wants. And I, I just figured that they were using the Astros as like a stocking horse to try and like drive up the price for, I honestly, I thought he was going to the Rangers, not going to lie. I thought the <laughs> Rangers were, I thought the Rangers were going to get him. And after that whole, like. Amazon Prime coming to the rescue deal and them getting some money and I thought they were going to pony up. I thought they were going to pony up. So if you guys hadn't heard, Astros sign Josh Hader, left-handed fire thrower. Five years, $95 million. None of that is deferred, Dodgers. Since none of that money is deferred, that does make him the most expensive reliever in the MLB. And some of you may be familiar with Edwin Diaz, the closer for the Mets, who signed a five-year contract for $103 million, I think, or $101 million. But that money, some of that money was deferred, guys. So... This technically is the most expensive reliever contract. If you hear a crash here shortly, um, my one of my cats is running amok. So just just know. Anyhow, it's professional content that you pay for. Where were you, Tom, when you heard the news? Honestly, in the middle of building a valve at work. Oh. And I don't know what made me do it. It was just a weird spider sense. Like, eh, I've been on Twitter in a while. One minute after Jeff Passon dropped it, and I retweeted it with, like, the the, the mind-blown emojis. And I'm uh -huh. like, and then immediately I thought I got trolled. I'm like, this has got to be fake. So then I'm making sure that Jeff pa it's the real Jeff Passon. It's, it's the actual. Even though he had the, the, the check mark, I'm like, nah, I got to make sure this isn't somebody trolling me with a check mark. And then... Kelsey saw it and she's like, wowie, wowie, wow. And I'm like, it's got to be fake. And then I'm looking and other people are doing it. And I'm like, 
holy shit, it's not fake. They really spent this money. And initially I'm like, World Series on, baby. Let's fucking go. And then I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Whose money is this? So now I've been racking my brain like cautiously optimistic because on the surface, this looks amazing. The Astros have solved their bullpen problems. They only have their their teams are only playing for six innings. Because if you get to the seventh with Houston, I don't I don't know what to tell you. It's gonna take some some good shit. Cause cause Abreu to Presley to Hater, because the word early on is that Hater will be the closer. Uh Chandler Rome went on MLB network and said they're paying this kind of money that he's going to be the closer. And this is going to be Joe Espada's first real test of how to manage the egos and stuff like that. But Chandler Rome felt that uh, Ryan Presley was such a professional and, and puts the team over himself so that he would be cool with it and whatever it took to win, he wouldn't care. That remains to be seen. I I, I need to see that. Nobody – I've I've been stalking uh, social medias and I have yet to see any Astros – acknowledge this which makes me wonder a can they not because the team hasn't done it or b do they not because they are ryan presley's boys and they're not about this life so i need to know well and what makes everything i guess more enigmatic fan fest is tomorrow that everyone will be at you know he's gonna get fucking asked a bajillion and a half times. So obviously I don't think that the Astros can like officially put it out until, you know, Josh Hader's done the physical and all of that bullshit. Obviously that's not going to happen between now and tomorrow morning. So tomorrow is going to be real fucking, real fucking interesting. Yeah, but that's kind of the built-in answer for them, right? Well, we can't talk about because it is an official, like, like that's going to be how you defer it, right? Regardless, <laughs> regardless, though, people like <laughs> the news. News people are going to ask him, and just so, what are your thoughts on it? You know, my what I would love to see though is them not have a quote-unquote defined role. Like, I would love Press and Josh Hader to be, like, co-closers. And, okay, so, like, really and truly, we all know that Ryan Presley on back-to-back nights, not a lock. That that second night makes your your butthole pucker. Just, there's, there's no lies detected. Y'all know. He gets out of it. But it's, it, it, it is a, a tiny bit stressful there for just a, just a hot second. Especially if the first night he had to go more than 15 pitches, right? I would love it if maybe instead of X, Y, and Z, you know, a braid being the seventh, Ryan Presley being the eighth, and Josh Hader being the ninth, and that's that's the formula. I would love it if, say, I don't know, we look at the lineup and we we say, all right. Top of the eighth. Um, this guy can't hit breaking balls. Ryan Presley, you're up. Heart of the order? Cool. Let's do it. On the other hand, you know, the, we got heart of the order and all these guys can't hit fastball up, uh, up and away. Josh Hader, come on down. I would love to see matchups and strengths versus here's the formula. Doesn't matter where we are in the order, who's batting. Now, granted, we all know that Ryan Presley and Josh Hader are good enough. Right, left, doesn't matter. They can get out anybody. But I would love to see matchups more than a set defined role. I don't think that's going to happen. Well, you realize that's that's a recipe for disaster for the manager 
because the one time he does that and it fails, they're going to say, you didn't use your closer. You used your setup guy to close because of matchup and you were wrong. Like it's easier to die on the sword where like, that's our guy. We trust him to get the three outs. Yeah. But we have, I mean, and really, truly, honestly, we have three closers because Abreu can, I mean, and and we haven't even fucking thrown in Brian Abreu because really and truly, I believe that Brian Abreu, Ryan Presley truthers, cover your ears. (laughs) Brian Abreu is better than both of these motherfuckers. Okay. And that may, that may hurt some feelings, but I think if you looked at it, you know, objectively, you may see that I'm correct. I'm just saying. So I think he will be. I think he will be. I don't think he's there yet. I think he will be. I think it's okay, different. I think it's different seven, eight to nine. That's nine fair. is just a different, you know, and we haven't seen enough of him. We haven't seen him do it enough to be able to go, oh, yeah, for sure. You know, it's that's, a different that's, animal. That's fair. However, if we had to throw Brian Bray out there for the ninth, I wouldn't. I wouldn't die. I wouldn't. It's like. If you're telling me that Phil Maton is going out there at the ninth, then I'm going to die. Why the fuck is Phil Maton going out there? No, absolutely not. But if you tell me Brian Brady's going out there, sure. Yes, I'm okay with it. So, I mean, like really and truly, if we're, you know, if there's two on, two out, bottom of the fifth, and the heart of the order's coming up, instead of throwing out Phil Maton or Rafael Montero, as we have seen, because those are the middle innings. It doesn't matter who it is or what the situation is. The middle innings, middle reliever, here we go. I, I don't know. What if we what if we put in our, say, high leverage guy? And now that we have three of them, just a thought. Just a thought. I really think that's going to be the interesting thing going into the season now, more than center field, more than catcher, more than anything else. Who closes? What happens if said guy closer struggles? Like that, that's just going to be popcorn eating cinema for Astros fans for a while. I mean, in a perfect world, they're all lights out, right? But right. you know that's not what we ever get. There's going to be a, an instance where one of them's going to struggle and people are going to go, right, row. And you you hope it's not the closer, whoever that is. We assume it's Hater. You hope it's not him, but. I'm, I'm ready. I am ready for the Ryan Presley Army to come out fucking swinging. Just now, granted, I love press. But we're not paying ninety five million dollars for Josh Hader to to pitch the eighth guys. Like we're 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 not. There's just there's no two ways about it. Which is why I would love to see matchups. I'm just saying. <laughs> However, um, I like I said, I don't I I think the Ryan Presley Josh Hader feud. Will be the Yiner Diaz multi of of last season. <laughs> you think they're gonna feud? You think they're gonna they're gonna have beef? I I don't think, I don't think they themselves. I don't. I again, I, what what Chandler Rome said about Ryan Presley being like the ultimate professional. I think that that's what he will do, and he'll say, you know what? Like that's all right. It's not like I haven't you know been lights out for the last three seasons here, three, four, four seasons. (laughs) I'm like, wait a minute. Sorry. It's been, it's been a, it's been a long day, guys. The Adderall has fully worn off. So just all of the squirrels running. So again, I think he will be, I mean, not okay with it, but I think he will, go with it because ultimately he realizes that it's going to be, you know, 
better for the club in and of itself. And when it all comes down to it, like if they end up winning a ring, so be it. You know what I'm saying? But I think the argument on Twitter and in social spaces, the Ryan Presley, Josh Hader feud will be the Maldi Yiner feud. And see, the difference, the difference I think for me is these guys are both immensely talented. There was this huge disparity between Maldi and Yiner. And then, and then on top of that, we thought there was a little beef. We speculated there was a little beef between the two. Like, like almost, you know, Maldi didn't want to let the young kid shine because it was going to be at his detriment. Right. I don't feel that Josh Hader or, or Ryan Presley are going to deter from each other at all. You know, I think they both shove whenever they come out of the pen and it's even more so now because they're there. Right. You know what I mean? Like they push each other now. So yeah. for me, it's an embarrassment of riches. I, I don't, I don't see an issue and I'm not going to be the sky is falling the first time Hader blows a save or Presley blows a save because let's be honest, it's going to happen. It does happen every season. I don't even know the last closer to go perfecto. It just doesn't do it. So, but that first, that first blown save. That oh, the, the first blown save. Ryan Presley would have had it. Josh uh-huh. Hader would have had it. You know it. It's coming. It yeah yes yes it is yes it is. You are totally correct. I now it's now the the correct time to tell you then um, that Josh Hader. Pitches the absolute worst at Minute Maid? I can't be true. Can't be true. Small sample size. <laughs> I need I need to go look at the number. I need I need to go find that tweet. I need to I need to find the tweet. I thought I I thought I saved it. Um apparently Minute Maid is first and uh Red Sox. Is second Red Sox. Um, why am I blanking on the name of the Red Fenway? Fenway. Oh, <laughs> good night. I was like the Green Monster. I'm like that's not what the park is called. Fenway. Sorry guys. So apparently, with his like super, he's a super extreme fastball pitcher, flyball pitcher. Sorry, guys. Again, Adderall is fully worn off. So it shall be interesting to see. What I don't want to see, what my biggest fear is, well, of of, of a few of them anyway, uh, Victor Caratini all of a sudden becoming his personal catcher. I, I, I don't need that. I, I don't see it. It, it it just it just hit me like a bolt of lightning. Like, oh, he caught him a ton in Milwaukee. Like, please, Joe Spada, don't lean into that. So, I want to say he pitched or when when he caught him, it was like a two five ERA or something like that. He was still really really good, but I mean, not me. Totally not understanding what the fuck you were getting at. <laughs> Trying to piece together in my brain why in the actual fuck you're bringing up Victor Caratini and Josh Hader, and then it and then it hit me because I was like, "What are you talking about?" Like he had to throw to Gary Sanchez when he was on the fucking Padres, and then apparently in my head they're they're only with one team, only with one team. Totally forgetting that he came from the Brewers and Victor Caratini came from the Brewers. So if you were like me and didn't follow the breadcrumbs. There you my, go. I laid my it bad. I should have told Sorry. the story better. Sorry. Um, I, Tom, I literally, I, to, I literally told you that Adderall has fully worn off. Uh, I'm okay. so used to drugged up Susie. I don't know how to deal with sober Susie. Rude. <laughs> uh, okay. So here is, uh, the quote, let's see. Extreme flyball flyballer Josh Hader will pay both an architectural and an atmosphere 
tax in his pending transition from San Diego to Houston's park. On the former, both corner fences of NMA Park are very close and clearable relative to MLB stadium standards in general. And now he won't have that coastal Southern California air to limit carry on his overabundance of outfield fly balls allowed. He goes on to say um, he bets that Hater will never see the clo- the end of the deal. I mean, really and truly, I didn't think that we were going to see year four and five from that from Hater. Like, I don't understand how you couldn't when he has a no trade. Oh, no, I just thought that he wasn't going to be good for the last two years of the oh, contract. Oh, I got you. I got you. Sorry. So then in, you know, in, what is that, 20, 28 and 29, when I'm still here doing this podcast, shaking my fist and yelling about Josh Hader, I'll I'll go back and clip this and be like, I was right. But uh, let's see. I don't understand that logic. A lot of people are saying that, and I don't understand it. Like he's... Verlander or even Presley, right? Uh, I'm sorry, Josh Hader turns 30 April 7th. So Presley, I it's believe, all, is it's all uh, downhill from here. It's all downhill from, from here. But I mean, Presley's 34 right now. So if you're telling me, yeah, but Presley's stuff is different. I understand that, but this guy is like arguably one of the most unhittable pitchers in baseball right now. If but you go look at some of the stats, he had like his his ERA would be like absolutely nothing. He had like a nine day period where he gave up twenty two runs in like twenty twenty two, or or his ERA would be like zero. Like I can't remember. I think it was like like one or something like that. Like the dude is really really good. And I know there were a lot of concerns about like velo dropping towards the end of the season, and maybe it was due to overuse or whatever. I don't know, but. When we talk about these Astros, they're not going to have to lean on him the way I think Milwaukee and San Diego did. One, we talked about Brian Abreu. Uh, we he still got Ryan Presley, so like we're not asking him to go more than three three inning or three 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 innings three hitters. Words are three hard. Outs. Sorry, there we no, go. we're not asking we're not asking him to go further than three outs. So, I mean, the guy was more than a strikeout an inning. I. I don't see it. If you told me he was coming off of a horrible season where he gave up like a ton of runs and, and, and blew all these saves. Like, did anybody go look at his numbers last year? They're, 65 innings, 85 strikeouts, uh, 33 of 38 for saves. I mean, damn good. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not overly, thrilled with it i'm not gonna i'm not gonna poo-poo it by by any means like i'm just concerned now that that jim crane has given me hope (laughs) because before all this uh, we all knew that there ain't no way in fucking hell he was going to extend tucker and give Tucker the bag. There's no way because he's never done it and yada yada yada. And now, 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 Jim Crane said, fuck y'all, all of y'all. Look what I can do. <laughs> and now the inner Susie is saying, So you're telling me there's a chance. Like if you're willing to do this. For a closer, arguably you, one of the best closers. When you had one. Okay. What do, does that mean? Does that mean you pay you pay Kyle Tucker? Does that does that mean? Does that mean that you may actually say, Oh, all right. I don't maybe think that Will Wagner or Dezenzo or Lil Profito can be Kyle Tucker. When I have a Kyle Tucker, let me just pay Kyle Tucker. That's that's what's really giving me the anxiety here. Is now I have hope that Jim Crane will pay Kyle Tucker. Whereas before I was like, nope, Jim Crane won't won't do that. 
so apparently everyone feels the same way you do because after the trade went down, I mean, I've been stalking MLB and everything all over social media, reactions, the whole nine. And Chandler Rome in his interview said that this is a huge uh, change of direction from what we're accustomed to with respect to Jim Crane. Everybody said he will not he will not fight for these prospects or not prospects, but these free agents. And, and he'll deal with the prospects and he'll still try to extend people and that he will not go out. And, and and loosen the purse strings, as they said. And now this is, you know, maybe the, the, the signs that, hey, I need to change the way I do business in order to keep the window open, which he has told everyone that as long as he owns his team, the window to win a ring is always open. And I think for everybody that's saying this man was cheap, he wouldn't spend any money because he was letting guys get out of town, you know, Maybe, just maybe, he was right. Okay, I can let this one go. I can let that one go. I can let this guy go. But I can spend some money too if I need to. And now, I want him to resign everyone. Bring them all back. Now, we know that's not going to fucking happen. Come on now. Why not? We're paying, or the Astros are paying... 20 or no, I'm sorry, $33 million for closers. Two guys, 1914. I think my math's right. Yeah. That, that's not a math bot. I'm not that Asian. You know that, that is a metric fuck ton of money for a bullpen. That's that's center fielder money. That's right fielder money. We're paying it for our bullpen. And that's not even talking about. Uh, Montero's money. Oh, fucking Montero. God damn it. So add him. Three guys in his bullpen are making $44 million. What if Rafael Montero reverts and goes back to 22 Montero? Game over. Now we only need five innings from your starter. You might only need four and two thirds. What if, now stay with me. What if, God damn it, I don't want to do it because now I'm going to get fucking excited again and I just, I just get a, it's going to fucking hurt. What if, say it, Forrest Whitley yes. actually ends up being fucking healthy and stays fucking healthy? And Ronald Blanco goes and performs the way that he he can. Did you see the the Forrest Whitley interview? Did you say they talked? I to did. Him? I did see the Forrest Whitley interview. Hold on, before before we talk about Forrest Whitley some more though. Hold on, we didn't even mention we didn't even mention the reason why I think they pushed this through because Kendall Graveman is out for the entire season with shoulder surgery. And they, might the well same... build, they might as well build him a statue. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I think it's the same. If I read, I think I read somewhere that it was like the, the labrum. And I think that's the same surgery that, isn't that the same surgery that Michael Brantley had? Okay. So like shoulder stuff ain't, that ain't a fucking joke. Especially, especially for pitchers. That's like Kendall Grayman may, we may have seen the last of Kendall Greenman. This is before Susie, but Bagwell, same thing. Shoulder. Is that what ended Bagwell's career? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Like it was like ripped off the bone and he couldn't throw. Yeah, it was a whole mess. Ew, that's no, that sounds delightful. Um, So yeah, guys, if you guys didn't, if you hadn't heard that either, uh, Kendall Graven, unfortunately, he was out last season because of shoulder stuff and that was quote unquote discomfort that was never a thing and apparently when he started to ramp back up and throwing off a flat ground it started to hurt again they went in did the shoulder surgery and he will be out this entire season now do you think that 
they were in talks with Josh Hader like before all of this, before they knew that they were going to lose Kendall Graven, and they were just like, oh, great, like it's going to be this extra piece, and then we've got we got Graveman and we got Montero and blah blah blah. Or do you think that it was kind of in talks? It was kind of like it was kind of in works, and then the so- shoulder surgery actually had to happen, and then Jim Crane was like, fuck it, go do the thing, sign sign Josh Hader. So I think the Graveman thing happened like two weeks ago. And we're just not hearing about it because he just had surgery. And they've been kind of like behind the scenes doing all this. That's what so, I think. Okay, but then so do you think that the, do you think one affected the other? Oh yeah. Do you, okay, so you think Graven surgery or the 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 knowing that Graven had to have surgery pushed the hater deal through? Or do you think that regardless of what Graven was going to do? The hater thing was going to happen. Oh no, I, th- I I can't see a scenario where you have Kendall Graveman on this team, and nothing you don't need Josh Hader, but now you just have too many bullpen arms because you got to remember they have thirty seven starters, and some of them got to go to the pen. So where is everybody going to go? Like, I got to believe somebody's going to get traded. I got to believe somebody's going to get set down. Like. My math ain't mathing. Like, I think they can only carry 13 pitchers, right? Like, that's the max. Yeah. Five starters and uh, eight yeah. relievers. I mean, they're going to run out of, they're going to run out of bullpen spots quick. Well, so regardless, though, a 40 man move has to be made in order for Josh Hader to, to get there. And so I tweeted that out because I was like, who? Gets removed from the 40 man. And I think it's Parker Machinsky. Well, well, yeah. He's probably expendable at this point. I think it's Parker. They should trade think... him. Because if not, somebody's going to claim him. For, 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 oh, for like minor league prospects? Player to be or... named later. Cash. Something. Okay. Yiner Diaz 2.0. I don't know. Work your magic, Dana Brown. Work your magic. Does Dana Brown have a murder board? If he does, I like it. I it can't it can't be as wild as fucking Alex Anthopoulos's murder board. What what happens now to the guy that the the two guys who went out and got his guys, Souza and this this uh I'm sorry, Dylan, what was the other Dylan yeah. Coleman? They look promising. Like okay, if you put them okay, say for argument's sake, they are part of the bullpen. Mm-hmm. Those two plus these three—that's five. So, who else is supposed to be there? Ronald Blanco, Seth Martinez, Brandon Belak, Jose Arquiti, Hunter Brown, JP France. Yeah, but you named a bunch of starters there. There was nobody from the bullpen. I'm, I'm trying to think. Like, there's nobody that, that's returning, right? Nobody, nobody else, right? In the that was already in the bullpen. Seth. Seth Martinez, Brandon Bielak. Both of those guys I feel are expendable. I like Seth Martinez. I really do. But because you think about the rotation, I don't, you got too many arms. So do you think what, well, so I was going to say, do you think we'll go to a six man rotation? If you do that, then you can only carry, you have to carry one less bullpen arm anyway. That guy still counts against the 13. Well, no, I know that, but what I mean, because let's be honest, as of right now, who's your who's your fifth guy? Because I've seen people say Urquidy is the five. I've seen people say that JP France is the five. Who's the four? Hunter Brown. Are you sure? I mean, that's my four. I, I'm with you. I'm just some people like Hunter for the pen because he I throws think, hard. I think I think Hunter in that swingman CJ role that he had two seasons ago. I think that would be perfect for Hunter Brown. But we all saw what happened to CJ when they tried to. I mean, last season we're trying to stretch stretch him out. 
you know? But I mean, really and truly, if we only need our starters to go five and not, hey, pitch until you can't pitch any longer. I don't know. Maybe CJ and Hunter Brown both perform better than they did last season. The guy I think this helps the most is Framber for me. Because Framber, I think he pitched a ton of innings. And I think that kind of wore him out. And he lost his effectiveness. I also think Maldi had something to do with that. But that's conspiracy theory for a later date. When 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 he shows up and shoves, and it's like, what happened to Framber? And when CJ shoves, what happened to CJ? They look like two years ago. I'm going to be... This is Maldi all day. I'm going to be banging that drum. And people are going to say, that's terrible, Tom. And I'm going to be like, numbers don't lie. Why are right. these guys studs again? Um, and I don't know. Got, and then you got bigger problems at the All-Star break because you got two guys coming back. I mean. Okay. What so do you, when, when Luis Garcia and Glass Elbow LMJ – Does that, I get, <laughs> at that point, I think you got to trade. You, you've got to, you've got to trade somebody. I mean, granted, you're going to need the starters at some, st- some point in time, but like, I think JP France and Jose Urquidy are those guys that are on the chopping block. No? Yes? Thoughts? I I really like JP France. If 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 I can keep JP France and Hunter around because they have, have so much control and they're cheap, and I want to sign all the guys, I'm probably moving someone that's not them. I don't know who that is. I I I don't know. I've been banging the trade Jose or Kitty drum for. Two thirds of a season now, three quarters of a season. Yeah, but what are you getting for Jose Arquiti though? You're trading him just to trade him, just to get just get him off your team. He's three million a year, and he's and and now he becomes a stud if he's only got to go five. He's good for five. Yeah, it's but that third time through the rotation or the the lineup that normally ends his night. Okay, well, so he's a he's an expendable piece mm-hmm. in our starting rotation. He's a number four or five for a lot of rotations out there, though. I mean, you can't tell me that if you stick him on the White Sox or <laughs> the Angels or the Cardinals, they could use some color. They they do need a little spice. They 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 do, they do. They need a little flavor. Um. Or like the pirates. I mean, you can't tell me that Jose Arquiti on any one of those starting staffs is actually a starter, and there's no question about it. So. I don't know. I'm just like, we have 43 starters. My feeling, my feeling is, is that if Jake does not work out by the, by the, by the trade deadline, that's, that's what one of those starters is going to equate to a center fielder somehow, some way. You shut your mouth. Chaz McCormick is going to be our center fielder. If Jake doesn't work out. (laughs) Let Chaz cook. Damn it. They're going to and left. I that's didn't my, make the rule. I didn't make the rules. That's, that's my fucking center fielder. That that is my that's my center fielder. Chaz McCormick, center fucking field. <laughs> okay. I got highly offended today on behalf of Chaz McCormick because uh, they were listing the center field players for the Astros. And these motherfuckers listed Jake Myers and Mauricio Dubon. And I almost like threw my phone. I was so mad. 
I was so I was like the you put some fucking respect on Chaz McCormick's name. Like how the fuck do you not even fucking list him? He can't even be a backup anymore. He's like not, nope. I was I was so mad. Dead. I was very upset. I was going to craft a strongly worded DM. <laughs> but then the Josh Hader news broke and, for, and then I forgot about it until like literally just now. <laughs> um, No. I don't want them to sign a center fielder. I want to let Chaz cook in center field. Give the man the fucking respect that he fucking deserves. So then they go get a left fielder then, if that's what you think. If if if, if there's a corner outfielder that's available that's, you know, tearing the cover off the ball, whatever. Fine, whatever. I just, yeah, it's going to be so interesting to see what they do with all of these arms now because, I mean – you were worried about having quality at, in the back of the bullpen. Now you just have tons an of over, an overabundance. Yeah. yeah, you thought maybe they they maybe get their hands on a middling reliever, like a bridge guy. Okay, maybe that'll work. And now with these three studs, I mean, I nothing nothing made me feel more proud of the move. Than to see fans of other teams absolutely hate it. Yankees fans were down bad. They were down so bad. They were like, because I, th- I think part of them thought that Hater was an option for them now, right? Struck out on the starting pitching. Let's just build the bullpen up. You know, we can get to the bullpen. We'll be good. Now they're trying to get their hands on Naris. That's that's the new target for the Yankees. Is Naris. I I won't lie. Yankees bullpen has always been. It's always been good. That hurt a little to admit. Yankee fans, cover your ears. I didn't say that. Um, <laughs> no, but but they're. I mean, they've always had a, a a wicked good, good bullpen. So, I mean, Clay Holmes. Hell, I had Clay Holmes for my closer on a couple of my fantasy teams last season. So, you know. Oh, you play he, fantasy baseball. You fantasize about the players? I do. I do. Who, who are you fantasizing about? <laughs> Kevin Kiermaier, all day, every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All day, every day. Um, wh- Hater had a 1.28 ERA over 56 and a third innings for the Padres last season. I think that's, I think that's good. I think, I think those that- numbers are good. All so- the numbers are good. Uh, yeah, literally all the numbers are good. Let let me read you Abreu's numbers last season: a one point seven five ERA over uh, with a one point zero four two WHIP and twelve and a half strikeouts per nine. Since twenty twenty one, Hater has posted a one sixty seven ERA plus. Presley has a one forty one ERA plus, and Abreu has a one fifty three ERA plus. The league average is one hundred, so that you know, <laughs> obviously. The math is mathing, guys. That means that Hater is 67% better than the average. I it it just makes me it just makes me nervous. It just it just it it makes me nervous. And nervous than like that I can't have nice things, so something bad's gonna happen, or nervous like, about the future. Like I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop, kind of thing. Like I need like the the bottle of Tums on hand. <laughs> and he and my worry now is like I'm gonna knock on all the fucking wood here. Is is injury concern because he's he has been solid for the last. Five seasons. I think the literal only thing that he's ever been on the IL for has been COVID. But now that you're 30, it's all downhill from here. It's all downhill. So I think I think of all the teams he could have went to, the Astros are the most equipped to handle if he was to go on the IL for something. 
obviously you hope he never gets injured. You know, he pitches the entire season. He closes every third day or, you know, second and third day, whatever. And he's got 60 saves and, you know, the Astros are a juggernaut. If for some reason something happened, then you just plug Presley back in. And, you know, when he gets back, we'll be ready for you there, big guy. But see, like, I again, I would love, like, I would love co-closers so that Ryan Presley doesn't have to pitch back-to-back days. Doesn't have to close back-to-back games. Presley for Presley for a day, Hater for a day, and then they're both like better because they're not overused. Yeah, but you overuse someone else to get to do that by not having that guy in his specific role. Somebody's got to take that spot. So now, if Presley pitches the eighth on Monday and Hater closes, but then Presley closes on Tuesday. Now who's pitching the eighth? You're not going to put Josh Hader in the eighth inning. You're you're just going to give him the day off because you want to rest him. Right. So, so I'm saying that like, I'm saying that hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed, Rafael Montero returns to form. Forrest Whitley performs at the level that we hope that he can that Dylan Coleman, my cat also wishes all of these things. Dylan Coleman performs at the level that he is, his showing off in his tread videos. So that maybe just maybe we could say, I don't know, like a Brayu Presley eight and nine one night. Okay. And then the next night, a Brayu hater. Okay. Then the next night, Montero Presley like so we we kind of give everybody and not you overuse all of the peoples well in a perfect world the offense is scoring 11 billion runs and those guys don't ever have to pitch all that much anyway that would be delightful that would be delightful I can't wait until we're on the PSF app and I'm hitting the fucking training dummy because because <laughs> tuck has hit a grand slam it's gonna be good it's gonna be real good it's just you're gonna get him a, like a like a umpire jacket and a face mask and you make him look like one of those instead of like for for people that don't understand where what, what the reference Susie had there was an epic and i do mean epic uh podcaster video guy for the Cleveland Browns that did this play-by-play of the Texans Brown game. And he had a, like a training dummy in the back dressed like an official. And he just like the ones that you'd use for like kickboxing and like, like self-defense, like that, that kind of training dummy guys. And every time a big play happened, he'd fight this dummy and he'd be just over there beating it up, you know, good plays, bad plays, whatever. And Susie saw that and was like, Oh, I'm totally doing that for the PSF app uh, this season with the Astros. So I'll be interested to see how that goes. I don't know. Maybe maybe I dress them up in the opposing team's Oof. gear. That sounds expensive. That sounds very <laughs> expensive. I don't my, – my mouth overran my brain and my pocketbook, <laughs> okay? So if anybody wants to send me team gear, let me know. Um. I don't know. I just I just think that if if all of the arms can perform the way that we know that they can, just that it's it's going to be over. It's going to be fucking over. What I really love about this move is it keeps him off of another team. You spoke that you were pretty adamant that the the Rangers were going to get him. For that team, that would have been a huge feather in their cap. That's an issue of need. It's still an issue of need. And now the Astros are going, ha sorry, you get nothing. You know, the Yankees, I, I, I talked about the Yankees. That's another team. Load the bullpen up. And then, you know, they get the lead on you. You never, you never get a chance to get it back. Well, that's a team that doesn't have that now. Uh, they have a lot of eggs in their starting rotation basket, in my opinion. I don't think their bullpen's that, that good at all. At least not currently. 
And for the Yankees? Yes. I think I like Clay Holmes. Outside of that, I don't trust any of them. Lasagna, Ooh. I guess. But Weizaga's nasty. Yes. Yes. But Weizaga's nasty. Um, but well, Clark Schmidt is now their fifth starter. I don't fear. I don't fear them like I used to in the in in the past. You know, I don't know. Okay, call, call me cra- call me crazy. I've seen that's the fair. Astros touch those guys up, so that's I don't fair. fear them. Well, that I'm. That's just because we. I was gonna say we have like Stockholm syndrome for a role as Chapman, but that's that's not the right terminology that I want to use. But I have to t- I have to t- say this point before I forget it because I've been saying it over and over and over in my head so that I don't forget it. I saw on Twitter someone say that this uh, Abreu Presley hater remind reminded them of old school Lidge so, Dotel Wagner uh, Wagner and obviously it was glorious. That's, that's before baseball Susie. And so I had to go, I had to go ask Mike. I'm like, Mike, does, I was like, who's, I was like, is that Brad Lidge? Who's Dotel? And he's like, oh God. But he's like, yes, that, yes. All of, if the, if the Astros were ahead, you weren't touching them. Think of it like this. Dotel was a Brayu. Lidge, I would say he'd probably be hater because he's the younger of the two. And Wagner was the old one. And each one of them became a closer after the other one left town. And each one of them were electric. I mean... Do they all have uh, the same stuff or different stuff? Different stuff. Different stuff. But, I mean, Billy Wagner is arguably the best closer the Astros have ever had. Lidge, before Pujols mentally destroyed him with a bomb, you know, on the train tracks, was unstoppable. And uh, Dotel, while he didn't, like, get to the level of those two guys, he was so good. Like, Dotel was was that dude. He was he was a Brayu last year. You knew, you knew when okay. a Brayu came in, you were like, oh, baby, Dotel's in. We're good. I don't know who's coming up, but I'm not worried about it. He was that good. Okay. Okay. So, um, if, if you – guys, if you were around for the Lidge Dotel – Wagner era. Let us know in the comments if you agree with this. If you, my cat obviously agrees with it. She's she's letting me know vehemently that she agrees <laughs> with it. Um, let us know what you guys think about the this this signing. If you if you think that Josh Hader is overpaid, paid just right. Let us know your thoughts. Love to hear them. Tom, tell the people where they can find you. At Third Coast Tom on Twitter, not X. I'll never call it X. I'm sorry. I don't. I don't know. Maybe that makes me old school. I don't know. It's it's Twitter. We it's, tweet it. Just it. makes you old, Tom. It's okay. I'm, I'm, old, I'm okay with. I'm I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I don't have to be a young hip kid to uh, use the app. Um, also, the PSF app. Susie alluded to it. That is where we will be media casting these games. If you're not going to the game, if you're not going out to a sports bar with friends, if you are at home but still want to be talking Astros baseball with people, myself, Susie, a bunch of others, I mean, the room would get, you know, pretty pretty large, you know, 20, 30 people in there watching the game together, just talking and and kicking stuff back and forth. It is a great place to be from the comfort of your own home or the gym or wherever it is you want to be and still be interacting with people about the game. Uh, I am there as well. I won't uh, be at the gym. Just just know that I will never, you will never have to <laughs> worry about catching me at the gym. Okay. It's not if, if Susan's at the gym, call 911. She's exactly. Been, she's been abducted. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is where you can find me. And uh, looking forward to this season with the Astros. I know the future may be murky with all the contracts and stuff, but this next season, it, it's can't get any more exciting now. I, I I don't know what other issues the Strohs can have with this current season. The future, totally cloudy. But right now, really, I bright. still think the ALS runs through runs through the Astros. I think it's going to be a bigger dogfight between us and the Rangers this season. But I think the ALS still runs through Houston. I 
I haven't gone through all of the team's breakdowns just yet on if I am confident enough to say that the AL runs through Houston. But it's up there. We're up there. This this signing pushes me closer to that edge. So, um, Who do you hear in the AL besides the Rangers, I guess? I think the Orioles are still going to be good. Yankee fans, cover your ears. I think the Yankee I think the Yankees will be better than they were last season and so I think that will be I think they will give us a, a fight. The Rays are always there. I think Detroit is going to be sneaky sneaky good this season. I really do. I'm trying to think. Um, no love for Seattle. Fuck Seattle. <laughs> Sorry, Seattle. I don't. I don't. I don't think there's anybody that listens to this podcast that is our Seattle fans. I'm so sorry if if you are. I apologize. Kind of, if not really though. But if you are a Seattle fan, please put it in the comments. Let me know because I would love to talk to you. I like. I actually would love to talk to you because, like, while there's while their starting pitching is still very good, their starting rotation is still very good. I still don't trust that like six through nine, five through nine. But regardless, guys, we'll that's it's gonna be a whole other show. We're gonna do lots of we're gonna be doing some um some shows where we in where we will go through uh the different teams, break down all down. I wanted to wait until the 43,000 free agents signed so that we could so we could go through more complete rosters but shit Blake Snell's still out there fucking Jordan Montgomery's still out there so there's still some really big names out there that I I'm like I don't feel comfortable talking about the rotations and talking about teams and so it will have to wait until I guess closer to opening day or spring training i don't know shit pitchers and catchers report in less than a month now right yeah less than a month so be on the lookout for that guys um we because we will go through all of the teams if you play fantasy baseball and you are a female and you would like to play fantasy you don't get to play fantasy baseball tom uh, i mean like you, we may be i may do two leagues and do like a girl only one and then like everybody else. But we'll see. So listen, sexist around here. Listen. Listen. Not going to lie. The first time I played fantasy baseball, I was very, very afraid to play with guys. Because I knew they were gonna going to judge me on who I drafted, what, when I drafted them. I don't want that. I don't want that for, for, for ladies. Okay, so ladies, if not saying that you would do that, Tom, I, I know that you wouldn't. I okay, I know better than that, but I'm just saying that you know other people may not know that. So, ladies, if you are interested in playing fantasy baseball, let me know. Slide into my DMs. Let me know. I have a ladies-only fantasy baseball league that I run. That is literally there are no rules. There, there are literally no rules. Okay. Do what you so, want. So when I tell you that it is the most fun that you will have playing fantasy baseball, it's the most fun you will have playing fantasy baseball. Guys, if you also want to play fantasy baseball, let me know and I will set up a whole other, I will set up a whole other league. Okay. So I don't think I'm going to do as many fantasy baseball games that I did last year though. I think I was on six i think i had six last year it's a lot damn and they were on like and they were on two different platforms like one was on espn and one was on yahoo and it was too much it's too much so i think we're gonna just i think i'm gonna stick to yahoo i think i'm gonna stick to yahoo anyways so ladies gentlemen if you guys are interested in fantasy baseball this season 
let me know. Slide into my DMs. Depending on the interest that we have, we will get something going. Um, I don't play for money or anything like that. Bragging rights, maybe. Shit talking, obviously. But <laughs> there's there's no like big stakes. It's just a fun way to literally get to know more players and if they're doing well. That's literally how I knew good players last season and, and the season before that is playing fantasy baseball and drafting guys to get on my team. So uh, with that, we're going to wrap it up. Go give us a five-star rating, please, and thank you on the Apple side, the Spotify side. Um, hit the big red subscribe button on the YouTubes. Tell all your friends. We would love that. We're still hanging very tough in Japan and Korea on both of those Apple charts. Uh, thank you so much. Japanese listeners, Korean listeners. Kamsamnida. Ooh, there you go. I'm gonna I will pander to the to the crowd. Um I don't know how to say thank you in Japanese. I will learn that for the next one though, and butcher that. Um USA peoples, where are you? I need I need y'all to run run up the, the listens, guys. Come on now. Tell all your friends. Side note. I am thinking about, so, you know, we're, we're doing bourbon and baseball, Astros edition, bourbon and ball, bur bourbon and baseball, all of the balls edition. And sometimes that confuses people. Like sometimes they like pull up bourbon and baseball and they're like, why am I listening to Astros shit? So my question now is, should we just do a whole separate Astro show and like call it something else? Absolutely not. No, it was, it was about the Astros before anything else. I'm well, claiming bourbon and baseball. You can call the other one whatever you want. <laughs> well, but like, wouldn't it be super funny if the other one was called like Kiss My Astros? No. No. No? I think it would be really funny. It would be. I'm just I'm just particular to the idea of bourbon and baseball. Fine, whatever. Okay, so um that was something I was batting around. If for some reason that that like resonates with you, just let me know, please. Okay. Just comment, talk to me on socials, whatever. With that, we're going to wrap it up. Josh Hader is an Astro. Hooray. Fan Fest tomorrow. I guess when this comes out today, when you listen to it, I don't know, Saturday. Um, go Texans. Go Texans! Hooray. Yay, Texans! Vamos, Texans! Foosball! Foosball. Uh, Tom, did I tell you? Did I tell you that I have absorbed enough football knowledge? I was listening to a podcast. And it was a baseball podcast, but then the guy started talking about football, and I was only half listening. And then he started saying something about someone's yak. And I was like, what the fuck? And my brain processed it, though, Tom. My brain processed it and was like, oh, he's talking about yards after carry. After when catch. I tell you. After catch. Oh, thank you. Okay. When I tell you, I had so to So good, stop, though. So good. I stopped the podcast. I had to stop the podcast. And I had to tweet about it. Because. Still fucking can't tell you the difference between a wide receiver and a tight end. We're working on that. Working on that. For for those that don't know, Susie was not a football person at all when the season started, and now we are slowly but surely bringing her to the dark side. Had y'all told me and shown me Nick Bosa, we would have football. Susie would have been here. Okay, <laughs> no one, y'all didn't fucking show me Nick Bosa, and that's on y'all, football girlies. I'm. Big mad about it. Like, what are we doing here? Y'all been holding out. <laughs> man, oh man. He's very pretty. He's very pretty to look at. So pretty. But For the guys, I understand why we didn't run to tell her, you should go look at Nick Bosa. I, I'm just saying, guys, if you want your ladies to watch football with you. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. You're, you're the exception. 
You cannot sell them attractive men when the helmet's on. You cannot when they never get to see them. Oh, absolutely. You, you had to go Google them. You had to go Twitter them. Okay, but to be fair, though, the first time I saw Nick Bosa, I mean, he didn't have a helmet on, but I was not looking at his face. I was looking at his quads, and I was like, my God, drop the quad workout, sir. It's not like I'd ever actually fucking do it, but like. Hey, Mike, you might want to. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's I, the his like his his one thigh is literally as like big as me around. I Amazing. Nick Bosa. Amazing. Still don't know what fucking position you play. Okay. Defensive end. Uh, I was texting my, I was texting my best friend about this and literally reverted back to baseball without realizing that I was talking about baseball and was like, dude, Nick Bosa on the giants. So hot. He's not on the giants. And she's, she goes, what the fuck are you talking about? And I was like, Nick Bosa, for the, he's on the San Francisco team. And she's like, oh, my fucking God, Susie. <laughs> and that, and I was like, "What? wait, hold on. And I was sad because I actually know that the San Francisco team is the 49ers. Like, I know that. But I talk about baseball so much that just, it just reverts back to baseball. Like, at no point in time was I referring to the New York Giants. That's not a thing in my brain. It was the San Francisco Giants. And she's like, I, I can't with you. So, yeah. Anyways, sorry, guys. That's a whole tangent that you guys you guys got at the end of the recording that I, I literally almost hit and record. Now I'm in hit. I can record. Yay, baseball! <laughs>